Wasted Dreams is not a waste of time. It's Amigos, episode 342. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Wasted Dreams. Don't need to sing it again. Do it. Like Freddie Fender. Wasted Dreams and Wasted Nights. Did you look him up this I week? Did. I What'd did. What'd you think? He is an undiscovered. Well, he's not really under. He's undiscovered by me, but yeah. he's a real gym. Yeah, like he is. It. Oh, he's like great. It. Freddie Fender, man. Um, He's not with us anymore, is he? No, he passed away. I think it was like 2006. Oh, but, yeah. Just missed him. Yeah. Now, Aaron, I know that you hate going to sleep. That's true. You fight it. I do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. But once you have succumbed to <clears throat> dreamland, yeah. are you one of these people that remembers your dreams? Very rarely. It's funny you should bring this up because this is a shoot. I didn't just make this up for the show. I remembered a dream just last night, mm-hmm. and I dreamed that they had made an Odyssey two mini. I kid you not. Wow. And it was awesome. And I'd found this place that sold them, and they also sold a miniature Atari twenty six card, uh, twenty six hundred cartridges for an assumed Atari twenty six hundred mini, mm. which does exist to a certain True. degree. So I was very excited. Then I woke up. No Odyssey too many. So it's kind of a bummer. It could be a sign. Maybe you were called to create the Odyssey too many. I'd hate to use the keyboard on that thing. <laughs> it's true. You're your too thick ready. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But what about you? Do you remember your dreams? I do. I remember them for very a very short amount of time. After yeah, you got to be quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, if you could choose to have, um, you know, lucid dreams, oh, would, you, would you like to have them? Sure. Who wouldn't control your dream? I think I've had them a few times, mm. but you know, the the one of the things that happens in dreams occasionally, at least to me, is that you you know you're dreaming, mm-hmm. and so you're like, well, "This is goofy," but you can't really, I can't really control what I do, well, but I have a feeling like something's goofy going on. Like, here's here's my fear. My fear is that I'd have a <laughs> lucid dream of being buried alive or something like that, and then you can't control it because you're being buried alive. Have you ever had a dream where you, something bad happened to you? Most of my dreams where something bad happens, I fall. I'm one of those yeah. people that yeah, have that sensation of falling and then you jerk awake. Yeah, you know? I got a, I got gang beaten one time. I thought like you were I, going somewhere else. With yeah, I got I got I got beat down by a gang of, of toughs in mm-hmm. an alley. That was bad. That's no good. And I had my, my friend was spending the night with me, and I woke up by punching the headboard of my bed. Oh my! And gosh. it made this huge noise, and it scared him so much he walked home. <laughs> Wow, that's true. So this is at your mom and dad's house. That's this right. Wasn't like in Huntington. No. Okay. No. <laughs> it was bad though. I was. It was a scary dream. That's probably one of the scary. And then uh, lots of things about vampires. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Weird. Used to have those a lot. Any Alpo dreams? No. <laughs> you mean a werewolf? I no. I never had any werewolf. What dreams. about Kmar? Kmar? No. no. That's right. That was because they were both the same guy. So. <laughs> but yeah, I no, I never had any werewolf dreams. But lots of I don't know what it's about vampires. I guess it's, I don't know. What's the childhood fear? Of the night? Now, when you have a nightmare, what's your number one? Oh boy, you know I think that there's there's always the feeling of being chased by something you can't quite see. Yeah, yeah, like there's just something. Or actually, I'll tell you the scariest dream I've ever had is that I remember dreaming I was pulling up to this house in St. Albans yeah. with my grandparents, and I looked up, and there was somebody in the window. Oh, man. And I don't know why that scared me, but I still feel terrified by that thought to this day. Do, do they, have you ever looked up at that window and just seen nothing and wondered? That Yeah. Yeah. That is creepy. Yeah. When it comes to running for stuff you can't see, that happens to me all the time. If my glasses come off, I can't see nothing. <laughs> that could be ridiculous. I have an elephant chasing me, pack of midgets. Who knows what's happening back there? I don't like having nightmares, but the, the thing I hate the most is dreaming reruns. Mm, have you ever had those where you have the same dream? Yeah. And it doesn't happen like night after night. It'd be like a two years later. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm back it's here. this one again. Yeah, so yeah. that's another one I don't like. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's never a rerun, Aaron, and that's this week's Amiga News. <laughs> Not entirely. Amiga news. Sometimes, sometimes we cover the same. <laughs> 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 All right, Aaron. We're going to start things off with the uh, one of the biggest stories of the week. This is actually in your really? indie retro news tab. Oh, I see. Here. Uh, Aaron, we're going to start things off with a little bit of unboxing. Oh, what is this here? Okay, this might be related. Okay. Oh, you didn't tell me about this. I didn't know what was in the box. This right. just came today in oh. one of the quirkiest twists of fate that has ever, has ever uh, Oh, happened. how nice, Bo. Look at that. Oh, yeah. 
get that right up. And let me switch to the big cam here, boats. So oh, yeah, we got the big cam. Everybody I can see what's that. going on here. Look at that. That's great. Where, now, what incredible place did you pick this thing up at? So, this, this is, these are available now at uh, AmigaTees.com. This is a Shea Maxim uh, shirt. Thank you, Boat. And uh, this is, of course, the game that launched a thousand ships discovered, pulled out of obscurity by uh, you and the Brent on ARG Presents, and now an international sensation. It is. It is. Uh, uh, listen, it's gratifying. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, to see something like this happen, uh, I guess we should probably get into it fully. So, uh, I guess it's been about a month ago. Uh, me and the Brent did a show on the Odyssey Two slash uh, Video Pack, Video Pack, and we both wanted to play stuff we never played before. And Brent picked a really crazy game uh, called the uh, the Mouser or something yeah. like that. And I picked a game I never heard of called Shays Maxim, and I liked it. I was I just mentioned on the show. I was like, you know, I think someone that really knew what they were doing could really make this into a really rocking game, like a port. And lo that I know that our buddy Happy, Happy Coding, was watching the show, and literally by that evening, he had already worked out the basics of the game. Right. For the right. Z, for the ZX Spectrum. And so uh uh click on the link there. The long time. story short. Is it this one? Oh, no, no, the continue reading. Uh, long story short, the game is basically nearing completion. In fact, I think he's pretty much got it all done. It's done. I've already bought it. Uh, and I even saw the... Uh, let me see if I can get to the actual... Uh, here, it, here it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow, I didn't know it was already... God, that was quick. Anyway, in, in the span of a few weeks, Happy put this thing together for the ZX Spectrum. And man, I mean, it. he improved it in every way, mm -hmm. Boat. Yeah. And he even, uh, at a very kind gesture, he put myself and the Brent in the game. Mm -hmm. So we're actually two of the of the customers that come in and uh, uh, and and eat at the restaurant. So but. if you haven't played Shea Maxim before, this is a game that you where you are serving dishes to uh, to hungry patrons at a restaurant, and uh, you have to collect the tray of food from the uh, dumb waiter as it ascends on the right side of the screen and drop it off at the table of the awaiting customer. Meanwhile, there's a there's a pesky dog that's in your way that will steal your food if you are too slow to get it. So this is one of these games, Aaron, that uh, I can't believe didn't get an arcade release. I mean, it's, it's such an original concept. And uh, and and what Happy Coding has done is he's added some extra elements. He's left uh, there. Diners leave tips that you yeah. can collect for extra points. Look, there's me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a whole there's a whole system of losing and gaining reputation. Uh, it's a fantastic game, and I highly recommend you go to highriser.itch.io, which is his site, and pick up this game for the ZX Spectrum. Uh, even if you don't have one, you can emulate it. Uh, it is definitely a fun game, and you will enjoy it. Four bucks. Yeah, that's a bargain uh, at any time of the day or night. That's true. And uh, listen, not just because I put me in the game, and I appreciate that. This game's a lot of fun. It improves on the O2 slash video pack version in every way. And it's neat to see someone knock out a game so incredibly quickly and do such an outstanding job. So he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a coding genius. He, he really, really is. is. And it, his partner, who did a lot of the video, and the loading screen looks just like the shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, it's amazing. Yeah. So hats off to Happy. And, uh, uh, man, it's neat, boat to to have play a minor part in such... It's just, it's just it's a real fun feeling. He sent me a message that what are the odds that a couple guys from West Virginia influence a British guy that lives in uh, 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 Kazakhstan exactly. to make a French game for an English computer? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's un it's unbelievable. And of course, Graham says, imagine if Yeti on the Thompson Mo5 got the same treatment. I hope that that is the next uh, the the next ARG uh, fan treatment, Aaron. You would have Brent would die if yeah. that happened because you know that's Brent. That's when Brent found, and that is a fun game too. And the Mo5 is another machine that doesn't get a whole lot of talking about, mm -hmm. uh, much like the video pack. Uh, so that would be great. But listen, I appreciate it, Happy, and I think everyone will really enjoy this. Uh, at least give it a shot. I think uh, you'll get a kick out of a boat. All right, Aaron. We move on to some Amiga news. 
Aaron, I know that you're a huge fan of the old Morph OS. <laughs> yeah, when this popped up, I just looked at it I was like, no, nah, I got nothing. So, <laughs> uh, the, the old school game plug reports that Morph OS 3.16 has been released. Now, I know that Ravi is a big Morph OS guy, and I'm sure lots of people in the chat are. This is the one that you can load up on the Mac. You get yourself a G4 uh, Macintosh, and uh, you can pop this bad boy on it and run an, uh, an entirely up-to-date operating system that oh, has yeah. very, uh, it's very Amiga-esque and it even includes, I believe, an Amiga emulator that you can emulate the classic Amiga stuff. Uh, updates include uh, a new uh, browser called Wayfarer that replaces the obsolete Odyssey web browser. Yeah. There's the Iris email client has been updated. Uh, a notification system. And get this, Aaron, command tab. Get ready to switch some apps. Bam. Oh, nice. You can do it with this. Okay? It's kind of neat, though. The con if, we, if we had one of these items, Max, mm. if we had one, we, we don't. Right. And they're hard to get, right? These are becoming They're becoming expensive. very expensive because of Morpho S. If we ever get hold of one of these, I would be I would be d down with putting this on. just to Yeah. And we're not tinker and type you yeah. know but it'd be kind of fun it would it? be fun to get one of those he, we could finally we could finally see what it's like to have a useful apple product right? yeah. that'd be, it'd be amazing yeah yeah so uh big props to the morph os team for getting this update up yeah and, good job uh, thank you to the old school game blog yeah yeah now aaron our next story we're going to dive deep into the world of indie retro news and his reporting aaron this next batch of stories is all gaming related Gold Rush, Aaron. We talked about this game long, oh, long ago. Man. Do you remember this? Yes, vaguely. I remember the name. I do remember us talking about it. And I think we sort of dug it, didn't we? Well, we, I don't know that we played it, but this is a game that is it's it's a, a game for sale. Uh, and this was uh, this was it's a re-release, Aaron, of uh, of a game with some extra special stuff. Now, this is an adventure game, kind of like your King's Quest or Leisure Suit Larry, something like that. Look at that! Look at all those goodies you, can, you get. They, they they released this a couple years ago. They sold out. They've made all new uh, feelies, Aaron. So they've got you've got your your map of the gold towns of California. Yeah, stickers. Uh, postcard. It looks like a big instruction manual. So if you are into Gold Rush and you missed the first Gold Rush. Yeah, you know, it's time for a round. Let's have a quick two. look at this while we're sitting here. This that I will say I was sitting there looking at the feelings. You know, I'm a sucker for that. I can't I hate to say it, mm -hmm. but it's true. Mm -hmm. That really makes collecting the old games uh, worth something too, you know. It's look funny. The graphics, the, yeah, this, this is the good. this is the introduction. The introduction it looks very, very good. Yeah. And so uh yeah, you can check that out and over at Indie Retro News, the link to purchase is right there. Did you see what he's charging for? Uh, I didn't look to see. I did, but I I've already forgotten. Sorry, but that's all right. That's all right. Let me look it up real quick. Um, it looks like Gold Rush Aaron is. Uh, if I scroll to the bottom here, um, retro-tainment.com is is the site. The special edition is twenty four ninety nine, Aaron, which is not bad. That is twenty four euros and ninety nine euroettes. Um, so. Pick it up, or you can just buy the uh, the regular uh, version for four ninety nine. So yeah, lots of good stuff there. Yeah. All right, Aaron, we're moving on to Scramble now. I know oh, Scramble is Scramble's kind of a divisive game. Where do what? you where do you lie on the Scramble? Who's side? divisive about it? It's I'm great. Known, I've known people that don't like Scramble. Where? Show me where they live. <laughs> so I'll you scramble like something. you like Scramble? You got that right. Yeah, okay. sure. Scramble's great. Okay. Well, guess what? Scramble is coming to the Amiga. Woo! This All is, right. uh, of course, a JOTD master coder of oh, yeah. uh, Amiga gaming ports. Uh, and Aaron, this looks pretty dead on to uh, what you're going to get in the arcade. I mean, to me, this looks pretty much side by side uh, what the, the the arcade version. Take a look here. What do you think? Well, yes. I like it. See, listen, Scramble is a game of simple pleasure. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't need a lot of fanciness to it. It's, it looks pretty good. you got to consider when it was released. I mean, it's an old, old game. And it was a great game. And one of the things a lot of people don't know about Scramble is it, it, the hardware for it was far more important than the game. Mm -hmm. Because the Scramble PCB was used to, to pirate so many other games. Oh. The Scramble PCB arcade board was used. They would make ROMs for all kinds of other games. And they would run on the Scramble hardware. Interesting. So that was sort of an added bonus. But Scramble's a fun game. Of course, it gave uh, way to Super Cobra, which is uh, admittedly a better game. But mm -hmm. still, uh, Scramble's a lot of fun. And they're not entirely the same, you know. So I, I, I always like Scramble. I was, I've always been a big fan. What about you? Surely you like it. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's Both. okay. Both. 
I, I, I just feel like this is a little bit too early for this type of game. I'm going to go up to something more like R-Type. This is, I mean, this is obviously the roots of this, this whole is, genre. Yeah, this is out way this, before yeah, our time yeah. was. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad it's at all. It's great. This is available it. right now on uh, Jot's uh, itch page, which is JOTD666, because oh. it's evil.itch.io. This is called Scramble 500. It's available at the ever-popular Name Your Own Price. Listen. Throw that guy a couple bucks yeah. going scramble. Man, you know, we got to get in on some of these. We're mm-hmm. getting hosed. These are all coming out left and right. Right. Now, it's our time. Well, you know, there was a C64, but now we're getting some. We're going to so be excited. playing some games later on tonight. Maybe we'll have to throw Scramble 500 Dude. on there. Yeah, I like it, man. Now, Aaron, our next story, this is this is wacky. Okay. This is real wacky. This is a soccer game called Suveron Soccer. Okay. okay. This has got to be... Okay, so it says that this is available for... Uh, the uh, an unaccelerated stock of Mia 1200 or CD32. All right. Okay. So you got to have an, at least an 020 to get this going. But this oh, looks good. Holy smoke! This is this kind of reminds me of like an early Super Nintendo type game it with does. this like mode the, seven uh, yeah. uh, rotation yeah. and stuff like that. Imagine sensible soccer kind of tilted somewhat on its side, and uh, and you've got this, a, this weird kind of uh, 3D uh, playing surface. Uh, that's what you got with Suverin Soccer. Uh, it appears that this game is still under development, uh, but I'm sure it looks like it's it's really coming along. Uh, and what I like about this game is that it doesn't move too, too ultra fast, and you can see a, a great deal of the field. I think I'd like to play the version he's playing right now. Maybe I'd have a chance of scoring a goal. If the guys <laughs> just stood there right. as I ran around. It does have a, it sort of looks like if if there was a gaming era between the NES and the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. this would fit perfectly in it. Right. Because the background and stuff look like they're in any like in NES mm-hmm. sort of, and then the everything else looks like Super Nintendo. So it's kind of right in the middle. Very unamiga looking. I will yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited. I can't wait to see. This is just a demo. There is no playable version, as far as I can tell. How neat. But uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on this. One. That's crazy. I listen. You found some real winners this week, well, bro. I gotta give you credit. So, Aaron, our next story continues the trend. This is the Mistress, Oh, Aaron, my. The Mistress 500. I'm down with that. Okay. Now, Aaron, this is... Stop me if you've heard this before. Yeah. This is an FPGA that fits inside of an Amiga 500. Hmm. Good idea. I never <laughs> thought of that. Except there's one hanging on my wall in now, the house. Now, Aaron, you purchased another version of one of these boards called the Un-Amiga. You purchased it when I was in Ireland. I wasn't That's here true. to stop you. I, no. It, it was, I love that thing. Actually. I got a lot of use out of it. It just once I fixed it. Uh, the uh, this is not. I think even uh, I think even the enemy guy was even working on something like this. I, it seems like I recall reading something on his Twitter about it. Okay, well, what this but, does is this basically includes a header board that you plug a mister into. Okay, yeah. and so uh, you, you know it basically gives you everybody. You know, the misters are widely available. They're they're more expensive. Yeah, than they they're used not to be. that widely available. Yeah, um, but. Uh, they are more widely available than the Unamiga. And so you can take this thing and you can plug it into the header and you're 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 set to go and you don't have to worry about uh well you, you basically you get all the pluses that the uh the mister gives you in that the core is constantly being developed, you know, the mini MIG core and all yeah. that stuff. It looks nice, Aaron. This looks very, very slick. You know I'm looking here to I'm just wondering what advantages because this is sort of like the thing Neil is selling. It's this is a, well, no, it's that, nothing like the thing Neil. Well, is no, selling. hold on a second. It, it gives you it, it gives your uh, it, it gives you additional stuff on the back that you don't normally get with a Mister. For example, look, you've got these two uh, outputs like right here. Okay, you know, so and uh, so okay, that, yeah, I see what you're saying. There. Yeah, right, right, and I, I, so it's it's interesting what they've got going here now. Um, it's the age-old question, much like the Amiga. Do I uh, uh, do I just whack the Amiga 500 board and stick this in it? This, and I will say, having some experience down this line with the Amiga. Here, here, I'll give you my nickel's worth on this. The downside of the the Amiga as a FPGA is the fact that the keyboard. It, I don't think the keyboard does a very good job. Mm-hmm. But it's the same problem I have putting a Raspberry Pi in a Cocoa mm-hmm. or a. Or a C64, you know, and you've seen my setup for the Mister. Yeah, it's not an expensive keyboard. It's a plain jade keyboard. It's got all the keys you need. Well, unless you need a numpad, then you're screwed. Unless you need a numpad, right? (laughs) Uh, Secondly, uh, on this, um, 
like you mentioned, the, these misters are getting tough to find. The Amiga was a, a substantially cheaper mm-hmm. uh, uh, on on the whole. Mm-hmm. And if you got into the Amiga set after the set after me, you got a much more flushed out version that played a lot of those FPGA cores that mine kind of play. Right. Mine will right. kind of play the ZX Next. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine will kind of play like NES games mm-hmm. and whatnot. The other one was better. And mm-hmm. again, it was ch- it was cheaper. Now it's a lot cheaper. At the time, it was getting to the point where I was like, it wasn't a whole lot cheaper. Uh, the, I don't know what the, does the mistress, what's the mistress itself cost? 110 euro. What are we talking about? In, about 100 bucks. It's not a bad price. So 100 bucks plus the DE10, which is probably closer to 250. Does this add memory days. or anything to it, or do you have to provide it yourself? Like, because uh, I know Neil's adds a memory. He only here's the specs. Yeah, it doesn't look like it adds any memory. Looks like it just basically gives you those extra connectors. So you're gonna have to boat this thing up. I always go back to your video, mm-hmm. your miserly video from my first. Yeah. But uh, uh, listen, if you've got one of these sitting around, you could do worse case wise. Sure. I mean. Yeah, if you've got an empty A500 or a broken one or something. Yeah. And uh, you want to... So, uh, we're hearing from the chat that the DE10 Nano is 213 now. Yeah. So, and yeah. and get them quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we were... Uh, for once in our lives, we were luckier and we got well, on Well, you were very kind and bought me one. Well, I appreciate that. And I will say this, I can see it. I can sort of see it if you've got a case or if you buy a case and put it in there mm-hmm. then you got something. So, there you go. Aaron, our next story is about a new retro news website. Oh, this man. was launched by the team that brought us the Fusion Books and the Fusion Magazines. Yeah. Uh, these are this is a very prominent publisher here, and they have their basically their own retro news blog. So if you're looking oh. for a place to check out uh, either new games, new games inspired by old games, uh, or old games inspired by new games. Uh, you can you can check out everything. This literally just launched within the past couple of days, so there's not a whole lot of stories on here. But hey, you can never have too many sources of information. Yeah, I agree. This looked and it looks real real nice. Yeah, real slick. So, we like Fusion too. Well, yeah, so that was that was a good book. So yeah, congratulations. I hope it does well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely be hopping over and checking this thing out. Now, Aaron, our final story is our big big story of the week. Aaron, Amiga Addict has hit the big. Oh man! This is a story in the Guardian, Aaron. This ain't no, you know, Herald Dispatch. This is it. The Hurricane Breeze, <laughs> the Hurricane Breeze, or the Putnam Post. <laughs> this is the Guardian, Aaron, and they had this huge write-up on the rise of print video game magazines. Yes, outstanding. So, of course, the the big news of the week. If you're listening to this, you probably already know that Amiga Addict just signed a deal. To be have a presence on physical newsstands all over the UK, all over the UK, and so uh, and of course the Guardian hearing about this, they picked up the story and ran with it. Uh, this this I read this thing and it's 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 a nice kind of trip down memory lane. It does make you nostalgic for the the sort of the glory days of the magazine back before almost everything was online. But it's talking about how these uh, these new print magazines like Amiga Addict. Are uh, they're they're harnessing the power of long form in a way that you know your average website doesn't. Combining it, so you know, the layout, the feel of the paper, the quality of the material, and so I'm glad. I love this stuff. I'm I, you know there's an MSX magazine, Aaron, that that was just released. Uh, that the new paper MSX magazine. So I, I think this is a new golden age oh, of I, print. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, really, do you think? I that? do. I'm serious. Here's <laughs> here's the difference. I, I think you may be right. But we're, this, it's funny how magazines have kind of went the way of uh, hardware. It, they're, it, magazines are boutique items yep, now. Yep, they're boutique and so, items. And you will pay accordingly. Uh, and, for example, when you pick up a retro gamer at the, like the local store, which is the only thing we've got access to in, mm. in the same genre, right. you're paying over $10, mm-hmm. well over uh, and which is, if you told me a few years ago, I'd be paying 10, 12, 15 bucks for a magazine, I'd have called you a liar, but that's what they cost. They well, I mean, even that. even domestic magazines, everything's gone yeah, up in price. Yeah, and so, uh, but if you've got a strong following that is willing to pay that much money to get these books, you can get some action. Uh, and uh, it's, I, you know, listen, there's also always the digital route with a lot of these. You mm-hmm. can read other PDF PDFs, versions. Yep. They almost all have a, a PDF uh, version. So I think it's I think it's uh, great. It's nice to have something to read 
and something that's current. I mean, we look through a lot of the old books, but there's not as much fun as there is looking at stuff that's modern. So you can see modern ads, and you can see modern reviews. It makes it more interesting and fun, so I think it's great. And plus, at least in the Amiga world, as we've just discussed, there's a lot of stuff happening. The ZX world, the Z64 world. You know, there was a time, probably 15 years, where you could have had a magazine. What would you put in it? Mm -hmm. You'd have been boom. Right. But now, you know, we're living in a, in a glorious age where this stuff's coming back around. It gives the magazine something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So it's dandy, but I love it. All right, Aaron. Well, I'll tell you what else is dandy, and that's the boys over at RetroRewind.ca. Yes. yes, they're dandy folks, but Now, you may be wondering, what am I going to do with my broken computer? You know, that we saw, remember, there's some guy on Discord, one of our newer members, uh, just got a Facebook deal, and in Television 2, tons of games, stuff like that for 30 bucks. These yeah. deals, they're still out there to be had. Yeah, very rare, but yes. Now, sometimes when you get the old C64 from somebody's basement or their garage or something, it may need a small amount of work to get going again. Yeah. And you might not have the skills to make this thing happen. Well, guess what? We know somebody that does, and we know somebody that cares, and that is Frank and his team at Retro Rewind. Aaron, what do you think is the biggest advantage of sending your computer to Retro Rewind, rather than, you know, Joe down the street? Hey, listen, it's a, it, it's a simple fact. If you take your expensive, rare, collectible item, put it in the mail and ship it to some dude, you don't want to send it to some random geek. Mm -hmm. You want a geek that is tried and true. You want a geek that has skills right. to pay the bills, and you want a guy that's got a rep for taking care of business in a quality way. And that's the peace of mind you get from dealing with Frank up at Richard Rewind who's got decades of high-level experience. He didn't just fall off the turnip truck boat. That's right. This guy knows what he's doing. And if you have any questions about what's going on, just ask the community. Because everyone that's dealt with him uh, has uh, had a good experience and are more than willing to talk about it, boat. Right. So we appreciate Frank and his team. And if you have any Commodore computer needs or Coco needs, uh, make sure you check out RetroRewind.ca and use the promo code AMIGOS10 to save 10 big percentage points off your order. Thank you, RetroRewind.ca. Mm. Aaron, let's talk about Wasted Dreams. Oh, man. Story of my life, Boat. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Boat, I, we talked before the show, but I'm going to ask here. Have you ever heard of this one in your whole life, Boat? Uh, no. This one was completely new to me. And in fact, I thought Wasted Dreams was going to be something incredibly stupid. Why? Is it because it's a CD-based game from yes. 1999? Yes. Yeah, it well, is. Well, not, not the, the fact that it... Well, when I saw the title screen, yeah. or the, you know, the, the box art, if you will, I mean, it's just about the most generic thing you can possibly... There's a, there's a ship. There's some really clip art-looking font. It is. Yes. Yeah, not great. No, no, it's not, it doesn't look the best. So let's, let's get into it with that. You really built it up nicely. <laughs> uh, Wasted Dreams. Now, this is a late-comer. Uh, really, he's from the Amiga... Astoundingly, in 1999 on CD, a gutsy move. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say, uh, and I'll get into this a little bit more later, but this thing spent about five years in production from the world's tiniest team. It was like literally two, three, four guys, and really two or three of them did most of the work. Uh, this was uh, out released uh, by an outfit called Digital Dreams Entertainment, DDE, which was composed of a few guys. Boat and was uh, basically like a out of the back room project. Mm -hmm. This was not like a huge corporation as you can imagine. Uh, those guys only did one other game. It's called Codename Hell Squad. Oh, okay. But that sounds awesome. I wonder if it was the same genre, if it was a different type of it game. It looks the same genre. In fact, I, it, when I was looking for stuff on Codename Hell Squad, I saw an article where they remastered it. It was on Indie Retro News from a while back. So mm -hmm. apparently it's been fooled with recently. Okay. Okay, Boat, I'm going to do what I love to do, which is try to pronounce these names. Just a couple of them. Uh, the, the guys behind this, uh, the big players on this were a guy named Thomas C. Sivajanovic. Okay. How about that? And Raymond Sendrick. Uh, you also had uh, what I would assume is a lot of family members. These guys were out of uh, what was formerly Yugoslavia, okay. so now Croatia, okay. uh, and they've all moved on. I, I found an interview with a couple of these guys, thanks to uh, Z9K9, sent us over some real nice uh, articles that were in, uh, I believe they were in Russian, I had mm. to translate them, uh, but that, I got a lot of information from those. Uh, 
these would run on your AGA Amiga. They were actually, uh, it will actually, you could run these in a not AGA format, apparently. Uh, from what I read on uh, Hall of Light, the requirements of this game, can't you feel like playing it? 68,000 CPU, ECS or AGA, 3 megs of RAM, that's 2 megs chip, and a mega fast, and a 2x CD-ROM. Of course, nowadays, you can... You can. I didn't use a CD-ROM. We used a hard drive file, so you can always go that route. Can you? And this is a dumb question. Okay. Did you connect a CD-ROM to anything other than an A1200? I mean, could you connect one to a 600 or a 500? Well, yeah, they've got that mythical uh, uh, gimmick. I mean, now there are ways. Okay. In the in the old days, it would have been much more difficult. I'm just interested why they would give you the option to run this in ECS mode. Well, I mean, an Amiga 2000 game. could have a CD-ROM, okay, for example. fair enough. They had SCSI CD-ROMs mm -hmm. and whatnot. So, I mean, I, it's interesting uh, uh, how it goes. I mean, can can any Amiga use a CD-ROM? Yes. Can, was it something you would have? In, in, in 1999, probably more well, likely. All bets are off in 1999. Right, right. But I'm saying, but I mean, yeah, you probably earlier than that, 10 years earlier, I know as a, someone who had an Amiga, man, I would have loved to have had a CD-ROM. I was like dreaming. I was like, man, I can't wait to get one. But I knew that was like, where, what do I do? I didn't know. Uh, and this game also supports uh, NTSC and PAL. Nice. You could also, if you copy the whole CD to the hard drive, it'll run off the hard drive. And that's how we that's how we played this game. Well, I played it just a hard drive file yeah, that someone used. And the good thing yeah. is that I, I played this on the Mister, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah, I played this on the Mister. Um, so odd that this would come out so late, but here it is, uh, the game. Now, when you get into this game proper, uh, it starts off with a pretty lengthy. Cinema. I think the the opening cinematic is close to ten minutes long. It's real long. What mm. did you? I just sat and watched this thing. But what, what was going through your head? What did you? Well, think about you know, that? I went into this completely cold. Yeah. Okay. I, me as well. I had no idea. Yeah. So when you're watching this opening scene, what kept going through my head was like, what kind of game is this going to be? Is this going to be a shooter? Because you're in space, you're flying around. Is this going to be a point and click adventure game? Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know. That's I, what threw me too. Because I thought this was a. I didn't even bother getting the joystick. I just mm -hmm. thought it was a point-and-click adventure. Yeah, yeah. And so when you when you watch this, and I will say that I thought it was very well done. I thought the renderings and stuff was was. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know it what was, was par for the course in 1999. I mean, it might not have been quite state of the art, but it's pretty pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I thought it looked. I thought it, it did a real good job. And the amount of time it would have taken to put this together with a small team would have been. Tough, right. real tough. Right. So I was very impressed with that opening cinematic. Yeah. Uh, the story of this game is pretty interesting. Uh, to summarize, uh, you are uh, on Earth. Earth has become like a dump, basically. Mm -hmm. It's a, In fact, literally, one of the opening scenes shows a dumpster fire. So, not, <laughs> so as you know, these, we, Earth never comes out good in these games. You ever no, notice that? No. We've always ruined it. So these guys are like, screw that. We're out of here. They go into cryogenic sleep for a couple years, and they wake up at this new planet. The pl new planet's bigger. It supports life like Earth. They sit down, and they colonize this planet. Things are looking good. So after uh, being on the planet for a while, the, the main character and his buddy hop back on this ship, and they're going to go back to Earth to let them know what's going on. And they pick some stuff up, whatever. Mm -hmm. And as they take off, their ship gets blown out of the sky right. in a very dramatic scene. And uh, you, and this is where it splits off a little bit, you and or your buddy are uh, come crashing back down to the planet in what, in basically like almost like a, a chunk of a skate pod, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's where you begin the game as the player. Now, this game has a lot of unique features, and one of them is the fact that it's a two-player simultaneous play. In fact, when I played it, it defaulted to that. Yeah, I don't know if it did that too. on YouTube. I had mm -hmm. to go in there and shut, shut it off. Uh, but I thought, wow, this is kind of neat. And the, I looked in the in the book, the rule book, and it says like you have to sort of both stay on the same yeah. screen. So let's so we can form a picture. When you start, what this game is is you are looking down. It's almost sort of like an isometric, uh, quasi three D viewpoint where uh, you are. Uh, think about like if you take the King's Quest engine and you sort of like tilt it up a little bit, so you're looking down on the action a little bit more. But it is fully. A uh, a an adventure game, a point, or a, a, a joystick and or uh, keyboard controlled adventure game. 
It's not point and click though. There's no mouse in this game. It's 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 unique in that regard. It sort of reminded me. The look of a lot of it was a, a little bit like if Jurassic Park. Yeah. And that's and a great Chaos comparison. Engine sort of had a child. Yeah. Yeah. We would get Man, something like that. That's and, that's it right there. Now, by the way, uh, uh, this is way better than Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'll, I'll start it's also that. way better than Chaos. Well, I will get to that. But the I will say when you first see the game, you're it is it looks nice. I mean, they really. Listen, you love colorful. That's your big thing, mm -hmm. right? This thing's colorful. Yep. It's got lots of, uh, you know, it looks good. They did a good job making it. So, uh, again, if you play two players, you and your buddy can go through this adventure game, which would be great. Right. That would be helpful, Now, what, they handled the way that they do two players very cleverly. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you 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 emerge from your escape pod. If you play a two-player game, you and your buddy are out running around. If you play a one-player game, your buddy is dead, and he's laying on the ground. And I thought that was cool yeah. because it, it, it you know makes the story work either way. Yeah. Okay. Now this game is it's unique in a lot of ways. It's unique because of its control scheme, but it's also unique in that uh, there is a combat element in this game. Yeah, there is. And it's oh, it's, man. it's it's quite there's quite a bit of combat in a game that you wouldn't necessarily associate this genre with there's combat. There's tons of it yeah. actually. So you you crash on this planet, and you uh, the first thing that you have to do is pick up uh, a gun and pick up some items from your uh, from your crash escape vehicle. I think it's like a navigator and a med pack right. and a gun. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then you start wandering around this this forest area, okay? And you notice there's a bunch of greedos uh, yeah. milling about. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And so and and guess what? They're not friendly. No. They, they they immediately attack you. Yeah. And if you do what I did, which is not pick up the gun at first, you got nothing but the old bear fists. Yeah. And the bear fists are not good. You're burned. Yeah, you're, you're This screwed. is not a game for pacifists. You no. get a 0% chance no. against You them. are a cold-blooded killer in this game. You are, including yeah. shooting guys in the back. Right. Shooting guys you promised you wouldn't kill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and what this game is, is it's a very simple um, adventure game where you go around, you collect items, you talk to people... And you, you manipulate items with other items, or you give people things to advance the story. Line. Yeah, that's what this game yeah. is. You know, I want to talk about the the interface on this a little bit. Okay, now you're again we when it comes to these sorts of games, you're more well traveled than me. But this was right up my alley because they simplified it to the point where I don't have to do anything mm -hmm. hardly. Right. You can use the uh, buttons on your on your keyboard to move back and forth through your uh, inventory. And then when you walk up to something, there'll be a, there's a little window that, that has a, a picture in it. They'll right. tell you what the picture is supposed to do. This is the natural evolution of the adventure game, where they know if you walk up to somebody, you're going to want to talk to them. Yeah. You're not going to want to grab them. You're not going to want to take them. You know, and and it's all. Uh, this is one case where I feel like the uh, the icon system works really well. The icons are also animated, which yeah. is nice. The talking is a big close-up of a guy's lips going. Wah, wah, wah. They're sort of kind of digitized. Yeah, in kind of a neat it's way. A, it's a, I, I struggled to think about, you know, do you think there was some rotoscoping involved in this? There, I think there was. I think mm -hmm. I read in the interview they did some. Listen, here's the thing: the guy that made the guys that made this, the head guy, was a big fan of flashback. And Chaos Engine and uh, Another World, mm -hmm. and so in fact, a couple of the guys that worked on it, and they in a couple of interviews I read, they both mentioned those games, and so that's what they were after. Uh, and they listen. Uh, this is not a kind of game like Flashback or Another World. It's not that kind of game at all. But in terms of the way your guy moves and stuff, they did a good job of capturing those elements of that game and incorporating them in this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend. That this game is timeless because you would think in '99, okay, games came a long way. So this, I'm, so I'm not going to look at it in that context. I'm just going to look at this as a standard Amiga game. I think that's because I don't want to have to go back and try to figure out what else is going on in '99. Right. Okay. So and so if you look at things in that along those lines, graphically and animation wise, this game is. Uh, Head and shoulders above almost anything we've played. Yeah, this uh, game, this game destroys. I mean, this game. I feel like you know, talk about rotoscoping. If Jordan Mechner would have had any talent, he would have made a game that looked. Well, like listen, this. you're an idiot for badmouth Jordan Mechner because Jordan Mechner's got all the talent. Number one, number two, these games aren't comparable. And number three, sure, you're, I mean, you're just this game's to, great. You're trying to anger me, so I'm not going. I'm just going to ignore you. Uh, the the game itself. Uh, like I said, the, there, there are elements of it that are very reminiscent of something like a, a Chaos Engine. But this game ha it is more like a deep story 
uh, uh, like you would see in, in a point-and-click game. So yeah. it marries the two elements uh, into one. And the and really the story aspect of it is every bit as important as the action aspect. In fact, you could, you could easily make this a point-and-click game, or you could make it a game that controls sort of like Diablo or something where you just move the guy around. I love what he chose. Because this, I like controlling this with the uh, with the uh, uh, controller. It was, I think, it was more natural and more fun for me. And the fact that he that they dumbed down a lot of it, and that doesn't mean the game's easy because that's not. But it made it easier for me. I don't like to be bothered with the triviality of these sorts of games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like the idea. If you walk up to a guy and it instant it instant gets a conversation. And, and your guy's like, wait a minute, I've got something you need. And it just shows the picture of the giving thing. You hit the button, you give him the thing. That's right. what I like. That way I don't have to go through my inventory and do a bunch of crap. It just works. That's what I like about it. We should also mention that this game has complete dialogue. Complete. Uh, the, the, now, that sounds great. It is good. Except for the fact that uh, th- there's only two people voicing every character. And really, one guy voices not. There's one chick that does some stuff, but mostly it's a guy. Mm-hmm. And you hear every wacky accent you could think of from this British guy. He does a Scottish guy. He does German guy. He does uh, like uh, these other voices. Lightens his voice like a, he must have voiced fifty guys in this. It's the same guy. And so it was always fun to go meet someone else to see what they're going to sound like. He's a drunk guy. He's an authoritative guy. It's always the same guy. I loved this. <laughs> I loved this, this so was the, much. This was the mystery science yeah. theater portion of the game. Yeah. It was so, I mean, it was, like you said, it was so uh, amusing. Because whenever you see a guy hone in the view on the screen, you just picture, I wonder what he's going to do with this guy. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> and it's always, like, my favorite guy was the Scottish guy, but the drunk guy was great, too. I love that. Uh, you meet a whole host of people. I mean, it, this. I did not get real far into the game. Then I watched a little bit further because I thought I might come back to it one of these days. But, I mean, there's a a huge cast of people. I wouldn't say there's a ton of. There's not a ton of screens. Oh, the there well, there, there are. There, I, I watch. You know, this is a very lengthy game. This game, I, you know, from the from the uh, playthrough online, it's about two and a half hours yeah. of playtime. And you do, you go through a multitude. Now, I mean, when you talk about variety, like you're not visiting like snow-peaked mountains That's right. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But you are visiting a variety of locations and they do all, like they're not just palette swaps. Like there's a lot of hand-drawn art yeah. in here, like pixel art. art that's very, very good. Now, yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I, one of the interviews with one of the guys on this, he was sort of like the head guy. He, he made, the, he made his, the guy that does the art draw stuff over and over and over. He said he's got enough art from this guy to make three games. Wow. He said, he goes, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but he had this vision, this massive game. That's what happened. He said, by the time they finished this game, they were just like, they were just so happy to be this game. It took forever to make. Well, yeah. Know? I mean, I can see why, because it, you could have easily like, okay, this is my lab, you know, yeah. and you go to visit different labs, but they all just kind of look like this lab. Right, but in this right. game, it's not that way. Um, I at first I was I was uh, sort of you know I felt on edge because I started walking around this forest and I was like man I hope this whole game isn't just walking around forest right. but luckily it's not and I love the fact like when you get into the water like and you start swimming around in the water all that animation was so so good yeah now Aaron what did you think about the gunplay in this game I'm I'm happy there was gunplay and we've mentioned it was it's violent gunplay mm-hmm. I mean you're not blowing guys heads off. But you're literally, you know, like, you can walk up behind someone and just blow them away mm-hmm. and don't even think twice about right. it. Right. Uh, uh, but the, I didn't mind the targeting that much because once you get used to it, it's okay. It's the getting shot that I minded because the guns tend to rapid fire. And so for a while, you just sit there and just get, and just mm-hmm. get crushed. And, it, and, and it, it made it tough. And aiming can be difficult when you're in this maze-like forest or, or in a building. And sometimes... If you're in a particularly crazy setting, you can get pretty chaotic. And so I would not say that this game was built with arcade shooting in mind. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like even Berserk. You know, it's not that smooth. It's it's a it's a different. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. Right. But this I mean, is it's the, okay. The, the problem that I have, I have two problems with the gunplay. First of all, 
I think it's very satisfying gunplay in, in the terms of when you lock onto the guy and you're unloading on him. Yeah. You feel like you're you're shooting the gun. That's probably what they feel like too. Right. Because they do that often. Right, right. <laughs> now, the thing that's weird about this is that you have to assume a firing stance in this game. Yeah. Because, you know, if you don't, then you're going to start shooting people. And so, or people that you don't want to shoot. Now, you cannot shoot people in this game that the game doesn't want you to shoot. It's right. not like Oblivion or uh, Morrowind or something where you can kill every character. But you, they make it so you you can't screw yourself back. But way. there are tons of people that will be more than happy to let you right. kill. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, but when you get into the firing stance in this game, sometimes it's hard to get out of it. You have to push. The directions say push the other direction twice to get out of it. Well, I did that a bunch of times. And yeah. it still it still felt like it was luck when I managed to get out of there. Yeah. The other thing, this is the same problem as with the the chaos engine. You can only fire in eight directions. Yeah. And the enemies attack you from everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Now there is some fudging that goes on with the aiming. Like if you soar to get it okay, sometimes it'll lock on, but sometimes it doesn't. And like you said, when things get hot and heavy with the Greedos, it can get real. I mean, you can get screwed real easy. I couldn't quite tell if this had. I mean, there's a little X that appears as you're shooting someone. I never was 100% sure it was locking on or I had just had the right angle. I'm still not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, it, you know, yeah, it, it's serviceable. We've yeah. seen much worse. Oh, yeah, it's it. definitely serviceable. And it brings uh, some excitement to a genre that isn't always the most exciting. Now that, you know, your, your, yeah. your, your normal point-and-click adventure game doesn't have a whole lot of action. So I, I like that. I thought it was cool. Um, if this, you're a purist, though, won't like no, no, because it's it's it, they're adding a twitch element to what's basically a game that's investigating a mystery, right? And you've got to be prepared for that to be in there, right? So, I, like I said, I watched this whole playthrough, and I and oh, the, you watched the, the whole thing. The story yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, because you had the, I mean, the, the the meat of it is they're investigating why would you shoot down your own ship, right? Right. And there's this alien species that is fighting the human invaders, but then there are also there's also a civil war going on, like the Greedos were fighting themselves. There's a very, you can tell this guy was inspired by another world because you befriend one of the Greedos. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, the, the story I thought was like, I found myself watching this and actually enjoying the, the story, which is not something that's common with any kind of a game with an action sequence in it. Uh, the fact that this was done by just a few people is very, very impressive. Yeah, they it, did, yeah it is amazing. And you can see why it took five years. Yeah, I mean. oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's a shame that this thing came out as late as it did. Like yeah. this was only released on the Amiga, right? Yes. And they didn't have the money to release or even think about porting it. Yeah. That, that's so I don't. Interview. I'm sure that these guys did not get anywhere close to sort of their money back in terms of time invested. They took a bath. Um, I hope that they, at the end of the day, they felt satisfaction because what they've created here is a very. I mean, this is like you said. This it, compared to other Amiga games, this stands head and shoulders. Above ninety percent of all. This was a, a. I mean, listen. This game gets uh, it gets difficult in terms of a, of an adventure game. Well, uh, I mean, did you find the puzzle element to this game to be not as well? I did with the point where I couldn't get any further. <laughs> so yeah, but up to that point, I thought it was. And the thing is, they give you a lot of world to explore, even if you haven't figured out how to get past certain parts of it. You can go look around. So I never felt like I was totally screwed. Really, the funny thing is that the thing that I bragged about actually is what screwed me because what would end up happening was I would just basically get shot till I die. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't really investigate well, anything fully. The, 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 if, you, if you don't make it to where this is in the playthrough, then you're screwed yeah, the, because the, this, the is, where, this is where you can heal. Um, and what actually, the, the one complaint I do have about the early part of the game is I tried like the Dickens to get that med pack to heal me because yeah. I thought that that was what it was for, but it's not. It's to help your Greedo friend. Yeah. And so, but I thought all like watching all of these puzzles work themselves out. Now I know it's not the same as doing it in real time because you're not thinking the same way. But there was nothing like tape the hair, the cat hair to the ID to give yourself a mustache. There were none of those kinds of you know classic stupid adventure game puzzles. All of these things were more just like okay. Here's this thing. Find the guy that needs this thing and give it to him. You know, which to me, when you're in a game that has a story as good as this, that's what you want because you're curious to find out what happens next. It's not necessarily to figure out the most nefarious puzzle. You know, there were a lot of little hidden gems in these interviews I read that I translated from their native Russian. One of the things I read was initially when these before these guys were even a company, 
when they got together, uh, uh, one, the one fellow had asked Raymond, he's like, listen, get me some art. I've got this idea. He wanted to make something that would be on par with, like, graphically, with, like, a Shadow of the Beast. And so, believe it or not, the original idea that he came up with was an Amiga game that was re a modern resemblance of BC's Quest for Tires. And okay. he said that he said Raymond couldn't stop drawing backgrounds stuff because once they figured out how to like make stuff look good, mm -hmm. they were became obsessed with making. So slowly, if you can believe it, that's sort of what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. They the artwork and the story all came together uh, over a period of five years, and I'm sure it turned into a slog at some point. He, I, I should also mention that the end in the interview that uh, you find out that this game's actually free to distribute. You, really? he, he is an offer. He said this is a, a free game to give away, so you can go download this one guilt-free if you take the notion. Uh, it's a big game. Of course, it's it fit on the CD. And I have no doubt that they filled that CD pretty much. I oh, think I, I read mean, it was like 620 the, meg. The, the spoken word alone. Yeah. You know. Oh, and we should mention that this music, this game has music. Sure. And the music is good. Yeah. It's not... It doesn't play all the time, which is good, but when you go to different areas, there are little things, kind of little little tunes that play, and I found this music to be very pleasant and very suitable to the type of game that this is. Yeah, and I should mention the guys that did the music in this, Daryl Sloan, Paul Hale, and Thomas C. Shavanovic, uh, which was, of course, one of the, the main guy there, they all worked on the music on this. It's funny, looking through the credits of this, because there's a, there, I mean, a lot of the credits are the same two or three guys. But none of these guys did anything except for that one guy worked on Codename Hell Squad. That's it. So really, this was the loan offering from people that were clearly talented. Yeah, yeah. And this also shows you, I mean, clearly this was a commercial disaster, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but if you've got unlimited time and passion for a project, you can make just about anything. And talent. you got to have talent. And a talent, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, but as you go through the game and and start to uh, unveil the mystery, I mean, I like a game like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, this has got a little bit of everything in it. It does. It's one of those games that's not going to be for everyone, like I said. But I think for if you're looking for a change of pace with like so a, a true action adventure, which yeah. I think this is what this is. I think you got something. You're here. right. This is an action adventure in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, and the fact sure. that and then we've only touched on it briefly. But the fact that you can have two players go through this would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. and Because you can picture late nights at your buddy's house. Oh, yeah. Going through this, and you're both there uh, trying to get through it, trying to solve these mysteries. That would really be kind of neat. I wonder if this is playable in Amiga Live. We should look into that. Maybe that so, might, yeah. That might be something that, to uh, get into. You know, I I uh, uh, looked, you know, before you get into the disco reviews, I actually, believe it or not, I actually found a couple of reviews on this. Not there, Keep in mind, this was 99. So most of the reviewers had long since gone. Uh, the people in Lemon highly respect this game, giving an 8.4 boat. Uh, Amiga Active, Amiga Active gave this an 8 out of 10 uh, in their uh, first issue, October 1999, and Amiga Format still lingering around, refusing to lay down and die. <laughs> Gave it to say 72%. Ooh. I tried to read these, but I couldn't. They, they, the links were not working. So mm. I don't know why they gave it such a low score. Yeah, that's My weird. God, I would have been jumping to my knees. Right. And and, and thanking the sweet Lord right. these guys released right. this game in 99. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they weren't as impressive. Would we get any Discord acts on this? Nothing. Are you kidding me? No one tried this? This I, I have a feeling this is one of those undiscovered gems, Aaron. I will say, I, I tried to run this several different ways. How did you end up? Oh, and I should, and I'm going to give you the easiest way and work our way back. The company has a release of this. Oh, okay. So okay. if you want to go that route, if you don't have an Amiga or don't want to fiddle with the CD aspects of it, the company's got you covered. My boys over there, uh, you can go download this and play it on Windows PC. Uh, you also can play this on uh, the Amiga Forever Pack if you've got the if you've got the uh, hard drive file. Uh, I just took the hard drive file and copied over the Mister and played it. And it worked fine, including mm. saves. Okay. You definitely want saves. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's something else this game has, is saves. Mm -hmm. uh, th those are very necessary. I wish I'd saved more, mm -hmm. because what ended up hosing me is my save file. I saved my last game way in, and I had no energy. Right. And so I had to creep around. It was almost like playing Metal Gear, because mm -hmm. I couldn't take any hits. Right. And also, like we mentioned, if you were out of gun ammo, boned. Um, I did look on eBay. Since we don't need Discord, we'll get the eBay. 
There were none for sale. There were a lot of magazines that had the demo on the disc for sale. It's funny because I read in the interview that uh, uh, Tom uh, mentioned that a magazine had asked them if they could put this on their cover disc. Uh, but I couldn't, I, as far as I could tell, what ended up on a cover disc was a demo. And I don't know if they ever released a full game on any cover disc. Would have been a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, uh, they, you can get this for free. Also, there was one of these sold in France in December of the past year. Amazingly, 21 bucks. I would have bought that in a I would have bought it in two heartbeats. Yeah. Because you're not going to see these things right. floating around that much. And it had... All it was was the CD and a, a little slip case. Yeah. That's all there was I to mean, it. I mean, I know it's only March, but this is a contender, Aaron, for a Game of the Year 2022. Well, at year. the bare minimum, it's the surprise Game of the Year. Because, trust me, when I saw this hone in the view, I'm like, wait a minute. 1999 Amiga CD game? That's got all the earmarks of, of pain for me. Because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be some... I kinda, and it's, you know, I don't like adventure games, but this one struck a chord with me. The story is good. Yeah. And the fact that one guy does the voices, we should talk, we should mention this guy's name, Bo. My God, he did every voice almost. Let me find, let me find what his name was here. Uh, the, uh, the fact that one guy did almost all the voices, uh, I think is, is dandy. Let me see here. I'm, I'm not going to end Digital this speech by Paul Harrington of there, Vulcan. There you go. A Vulcan. That explains it. He's a Vulcan. Yeah. Good for you, Paul. I look. We should talk to this guy sometime. We should. And then we should have him do all of his voices in one long. I'm gonna look him <laughs> that up. That would be in a great Amigos interview. That would sure. be great. All right, Aaron. Well, uh, we want to thank Level Lord for uh, nominating this at the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Nice thank pick, Level much. Lord. And uh, why don't we slide on over to the YouTube channel? Oh what's man, what's just slide right over there, Boatser? So. Uh, pretty much a normal week uh, with us uh, this time around. Uh, starting off with myself and the Brent uh, this week. And we're back again, but mm-hmm. as you know, we like to do it. And this time, uh, I believe this was uh, uh, a uh, Hermsky nomination. This was games featuring musical acts or artists. Mm-hmm. And when I, which my logo has changed about 12 times as I tried to f- <laughs> make this work. And uh, we picked a, a, well, let me say something. Brent dropped the ball this week. <laughs> All right. I don't know if anybody played these. I picked the Wu-Tang Clan's uh, game on the PlayStation, Wu-Tang Shaolin style. But the Brent stupidly and wrongly picked the Blues Brothers game. And then to compound his folly, he picked the horrible, horrible atrocity that was the Amstrad CPC version of this. I don't know if you saw this. I, I listened to it, but I did not see it. For so those I... of you at home that are listening, uh, what you need to do is think about the bluest thing you've ever seen, and then whack your head up against the wall a few times until you see stars and some blurry images. That's what you got. Mm, yeah, you're not kidding. This is a blue game. It is blue. It is blue, brother. Uh, Brent says this is actually... And we Everyone I know, including all the people I read... Thought this was a straight up Game Boy port, the original Game Boy. But Brent says incorrect. He says, according to his research, this was poured over from the Amiga. Hmm. If you can believe it. I, I've gone a round or two on the Amiga I know. version. It, I, I will say, if this was ported from the Amiga version, that something got lost in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> this is dreadful. Yeah. And one would wonder what color it would have been if they weren't the Blues Brothers. And we had to, who would guess? And then, like I mentioned, I, I picked a Wu-Tang fighting game. This was surprisingly not crap. I was surprised to hear that this was what became a thrill kill, because that was one of those games you always heard about. Yeah, you know? that's right. And uh, I was surprised, too. It, that wasn't the reason I picked it. I just thought I'd be interested to do something I'd never played before mm-hmm. from a band I never played anything from. I thought the music in this was eh. I thought the voice acting in it was absolute. I mean, <laughs> trust me... <laughs> <laughs> the last game we played with the one voice actor could he could voice actor Ranger. Wait, the the, the Wu Tang Clan isn't going to be up for any Oscars anytime. This soon, game was the saying. weird combination of a, a, a self self glamorizing uh, uh, game where the guys didn't seem to care much about the glamorizing of themselves. <laughs> like it's like, oh, let's go kill the ninjas. It's like, <laughs> so I don't know what the Wu Tang were on that week. They were they were drinking something that wasn't Tang. Anyway, if you want to check that out. That was me and Brent on ARG. We had a good time, if anything. It was, yeah, it's it was a good show. It was, well, I thank you, Boat. Well, Boat, we got one, only one more offering this week, and that was for me and you. Mm-hmm. And we did a little... I'll just let you talk about this one. Deus Ex Machina. 
<laughs> Leave it our faces. That <laughs> sums it up right there. It's stunned and amazed. This is a game that, is it? that deserves to be called a game in quotation marks. Yes. It's a very divisive title. Some people love it. They think it's a work of art. Some people think it's pretentious nonsense. Uh, and uh, I honestly, I've spent more time talking about the wall this week than I did uh, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, so. you, you you made the big mistake of trashing Pink Floyd's The Wall. Right, well, you know, it is garbage. Oh, I so, disagree with you on that. Um, the, uh, but anyway, this is a game, this is an experience that you play along with a, a, a another a cassette tape to, an audio cassette. Yeah. Uh, and you, you play a series of bizarre games. Uh, as you trace the development of a of a human life from test tube to the grave, uh, it's your typical dystopian crap where you know everything's gone to heck in the future, and uh, and it's you you are sort of the the last real person in some way because of some rat droppings. I don't know. It's all sort of mixed together in my mind. It's very artsy, but yeah, it's very artsy. The music is 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 okay. Uh, the graphics on this game are okay. Uh, taken all together. It's weird, and I think you summed it up best when you said this made this game made me feel weird, and it made me feel bad. Yeah, and I don't like games that do both of those things. You know, I'm I'm glad I don't know I can't recall who nominated this this one here for the out of the committee, but that gutsy move because I'm sure they thought that these guys are gonna kill it. This the I've never played a game like it in my whole life. In my ever on any system, that's right? true. We have a winner. Mm-hmm. This is the most unique game ever played. The fact that you put the cassette on and play it while you listen to the music is weird. It's different. It was interesting. It 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 worked. That part worked. That part you worked. could have made games like this and it would have worked. Yep. Okay. Um, the the story I can see what they're going for, uh, and uh, it was very artsy. And the, I'm sure the person behind it did just whip it together or like, hey, let's do some David Lynch weirdness. They actually had a thing they were going for, mm-hmm. which I admire. All right, it had good at voice acting and singing, like you said. But normally, when I play a game, it's for enjoyment mm-hmm. and fun, levity to make me forget about my troubles. This game made me know in vivid color that I'd be dead soon and I'd accomplish nothing. Thank We're playing you, game. this game, I recalled several troubles I'd previously forgotten about. Yes, <laughs> this game caused me to have troubles, and and not to mention just that it, it's I can't get rid of it. <laughs> like, I can't believe we've just now covered it. It seems like we've looked at this ten times. I, know, I don't know I what's know. happened. So, yeah, that, there you go. But if you're in a... Listen, check it out. If you don't don't believe us, go play the game. But you can come back and listen to us and see what, and see if you uh, mesh with us on this one. Weird one, Boat. Weird one. Boat, that's all we've got. That's all we've got this week. That's well, a short week this week, Boat. Aaron, the time has come. To discuss last week's Patreon Song Challenge. Mm. So, uh, last week's Patreon Song Challenge comes to us from the Fab Four, the Beatles, and uh, we got some we got some Beatles fans in the in the in the crowd. L. Curtis Boyle wrote in right away. He was he was lightning fast with his response. What was the song? Well, oh, no reply by the Beatles. No, you can tell me. Yeah, this is the lead track off what album? Uh, pff, I don't know. Beatles for sale. Uh, I don't know their albums. I just know their songs. Well, you don't know their songs either. Not that know, one. That's, so. obscure, that's um, some B-level stuff there. Happy Coding ZX got this one. And Pac Billy, of course. Pac Billy. He's very musical, musical savant. Yeah. Yes. So, congratulations to all you guys. Uh, we have a new song for you. If you know this song, you can uh, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. And I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. As always, if you're watching live in the chat, please do not put the answer in the chat. Send me an email instead. Hit it, Aaron. Alarm, Albert Kim. We like what we like. Mr. Chip, Peter Price, Herman V. Warner, the Chesham. Mark Richardson, David Hearn, Rhyme OK, Rom OK. David Terrace, Drew Carlos, Matthew Mobius. The Phantom Magnus, Yeth Yates, Alistair Fiend, Christian Russell, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Super Family King, Crazy Loomis, William Venter, Scar Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Fraglord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hope. Hermski, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calvert Boy, Lane Dinson, Daniel Williams, Luke Hudson, 
bomb six, the bass, Frodo and El Sol, Sonsizer, Tech Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Bernard, Lucas, Jaden, Thinsel, Club, Reflection, Summon, Ledge, Captain Crispy, Kill the Bites, and Caffeine, Gary, Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David, Pickford, Cam, and Armstrong, Andy Jones. Lobster, Minata, Tin, Miller, Retro, Casper, and Win, RMC, Tim, Drew, Joe, Ferrison, Kyle, Edda, Rob, O'Hara, Matthew, Lara, Moore, Andy, Craig, Shonzo, Barkbit, Roland, Burke, Andrew, Bonks, Joe, The Zombie, Leif, Kellogg, Alan, K, Bob, Checko, Tay, Level, Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Rick and Rocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stephen Sorgar Mortensen, Evan Helen, Westerfer Hass, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vepke, Adam Batters, B.O. Brian's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huck, the Paul Boss, Man, Harrington, Duncan Style, Stage from the Crypt, Josh Grant, and Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THC, Eric Nelson, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Cole, Jason Warren, Pixel of Dawn, and Kill Bjorn Barman. All right. Oh, Lord, you're not going to get Singer of the Year, I can tell you that. <laughs> Probably Oh, true. man. Probably. <laughs> All right, so we go now, Aaron, to the Twitch supporters. You know, we record this show live every Friday around five. Uh, and you live, can, you say? Live. You'd have to be an idiot to do that. Crazy, crazy. And so uh, if you want to uh, support us on Twitch and subscribe there, uh, you can, just like the following folks. Great Algae, Gary Heather, Uber Scuba Diver, Beachbum7, Frodo NL, Jost80, Mitsuyama, Still Adolescing, Scumboy, Monzimus, Oram, Gunner Warhorse, John Marshall 3, Eora 4077, Da Crabs MTG, Paco Take, Wide World Retro, Am I Steph, Real Retro Dude, Matt Dufort, Retro Rewind.ca, Oil of Hope, Pishbot, Twilight Zoner, Jigglebox, Blow Jellyfish, Blue Train, Retro Jerry, Amiga Live, Wing Chun Wolf, Negsol, Blipblop, Buck Owens, Zuberdan, Thursobard, Grizzla. Good list. Good, Good healthy list. list. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. All right, Aaron. What do we got here? What do we got coming up? Who knows? Let's find out. Damn. Zoom. Man, look at the cover of this thing. This was nominated by uh, Pixels of Dawn, chair of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, and of course voted by the whole committee. So we thank them for picking a real winner with uh, Wasted Dreams, and hopefully Zoom will be just as good. Now, wait a minute. You tell me Pixels of Dawn... Heads the committee of this, and is the grand poobah of Megatic Magazine. Yeah, Monday. founder and CEO. And if so. we're somehow connected with this fine gentleman... It's unbelievable why he spends any time with us I all. can't believe it. And this guy's featured in major magazines. Yeah, yeah. So, we will take a look at Zoom next week. Thanks, as always, for listening and or watching. We'll see you next time, and until then... Adios! adios.